Hi, Darlene. You're listening to the Forks and Podcast. Yo, yo, yo. I'm back. Welcome back to the Forks in Podcast. It's your boy, JD. We're back in the basement. I'm going solo tonight. Uh, this episode of the Forks in Podcast, hashtag and Forks in We Trust, is brought to you by, of course, Anchor FM, as well as Jim Bean Orange and Marty Robbins. The latter two have me in a good dancing mood and a good podcasting mood. Thank you both. Um, anyways, I just heard the cover of a Lincoln Park song, and I guess it shows how bad of a Lincoln Park fan I am. But I don't know. I grew up on. I I, I listen to their music. Everyone has that Lincoln Park phase in their angsty preteen life I would say of our generation and I heard Machine Gun Kelly just butcher one of the songs and really really getting me angry really frustrating me right now and uh I mean yeah there's a lot to be frustrated right now and you know it's gonna take us into our biggest topic of the night the topic that I thought I could talk about a bunch is, uh, you know, the Russian-Ukrainian conflict. I mean, the top number one news story going right now. It's wild. I mean, I'm sure you're seeing the footage. I would advise you not to look at it. It's pretty bad. Um, But also, you know, real war. War gets glorified in the TVs and the movies. And, uh, you know, all it takes is a video... Of, you know, guy, dead guy, and uh, just a gaping hole in the side of his head to remind you of the horrors of war. Saw that on Instagram. No shit. Real shit. Wild. Can't believe something like that would be on Instagram. Had a disclaimer, of course, but, you know, I'm not saying it shouldn't be on there. I'm just saying it's kind of, it was kind of wild to see. Because, you know, you don't see that every day. Uh, but anyways. So, um, obviously, Putin decided, hey, we're going to invade Ukraine. And, you know, I found a really good synopsis of this guy on uh, Facebook who, you know, posts a pretty good, like, just a lowdown of what was happening as of like this morning and you know some stuff has changed and i'll add add to that after we kind of go through this but i I don't know i found it pretty interesting pretty insightful into what's going on and i just want to preface this with that i'm you know some of the some of the actions i'm going to take not like anybody's watching this uh like actually monitoring my podcast think hopefully not i think the lord that they're not but we don't know but you know you know, we don't want to, we want to have some OPSEC, you know, some operational security, make sure no crate, not anything gets out, and, you know. Um, but I'll just go point by point off this post. And, uh, you know, number one said uh, Ukraine's air force has collapsed. And uh, Russian Russia has seized the skies. 
so yeah that was pretty apparent in the videos you had you know bigs flying over helicopters just having complete air superiority um you know i would have thought that i after i'd seen one video of a russian helicopter um crashing it had been taken out definitely some sort of rocket rocket had hit it um you know the u.s has been supplying them with javelins for years and uh you know you would have thought they would have been able to take out more of them i guess i don't know um number two Ukrainian air defense, which is heavy NATO slash American technology, is still somewhat operational and effective. A couple Russian bombers, jets, and a half dozen helicopters have been down. Okay, so that kind of goes against my what I was just talking about. Okay. Shows me how prepared I am for this show. Actually, this is like the, I will say, I was pretty prepared for this episode. I've been writing all day. Um, all right, number three. This isn't Iraq 91 or 03 in terms of cruise missiles. Russia has launched two waves of Russian-style Tomahawk missiles, but nothing to the level that the U.S. uses before a massive invasion. Russia is relying heavily on armored forces on the ground. I definitely knew this. Um, kind of, I had been expecting this. I read an article a while ago that, you know, the Russian MiGs, their fighters, they don't have precision. Like, they are not outfitted with precision strike technology like our fight the u.s fighters are um that's why i i came i i was curious to hear about maybe what the civilian casualties god forbid obviously they're gonna happen but you know i was curious to see and i expected high civilian casualties from this because you know there aren't they don't have the precision capability that you know the u.s might have with you know the you know we talk about the drone strikes that the U.S. has committed and 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 done and conducted in the Middle East, um, in Yemen, and uh, sidebar and the war in Yemen. Anyways, you know I I figured that the civilian casualties were going to be pretty high just because of the cluster bombs they they've been dropping. So uh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, number four, Ukrainian ground forces aren't getting mauled completely. Ukraine seems to be doing a tactical retreat, giving up land for time. Appears Ukraine wants to lure Russia into heavy urban combat. And, you know, this was pretty interesting because this kind of goes back to the Russia's invasion of Chechnya. You know, Russian, Russia thought that, oh, we're going to march into Chechnya. We're going to take it in two days. I kind of be seem to be doing a little bit of a Hispanic accent. I don't mean to do that. My accents overlap a lot. Anyways, um, yeah, if you study the Chechen conflict, which I, I, I have a little bit, um, Russia thought they were going to take it in two days and it ended up being a conflict that lasted about 10 years. And, you know, they went in with a wrong strategy. Um and the Chechen rebels in very small numbers were able to take high casualties from um, Russian ground forces. And it's just wild. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of a Chechen rat trap before. But, I mean, they call it after what they did in Chechnya, but it has existed since World War II. The Germans used to do it to Allied troops, basically. You'd have a sniper in a very well-concealed position 
with a very good oversight overwatch and essentially what they would do is they would take out they wouldn't even take out they would wound one guy in the hopes of luring other enemy troops to that position so basically one guy would get shot he'd be screaming in agony this would do two things or three things actually one you know if you're down on the ground and you see one of your comrades get popped and they're dying you're literally watching them die that deters you that deters your morale your morale drops you're like, why am I here? I'm watching my brother die right now. Number two, if you have to draw more people in to save that guy, that opens up for these other men to get shot as well. So take, shoot one, wound one guy, kill four. And three, in order to render aid to that one guy, you're depleting medical resources that could be used in another um, firefight or um, contact. So, yeah. Um, I think that's what Ukraine is trying to accomplish here is to kind of drag in, just based off history, they're going to drag in the Russian forces into you know an area where they have the better understanding of the layout they're going to be able to utilize these urban um, surroundings into order to maybe bottle um, bottleneck these Russian troops I mean you've seen it you've seen it in multiple conflicts you see it you saw it in Fallujah um, in 0304 you know like trying to send in a group of six men to take out one person hold up an apartment you know that wastes a lot of manpower it takes a lot of time um i'm not sure if they're gonna try if that's in an attempt to basically do some war of attrition but it's just it's it makes things a lot more complicated than an open firefight um so moving on and we'll get into some other chechen things after this uh, number five, Ukrainians' second largest city, and I won't, we'll just say it's a Ukrainian city, is slowly being encircled by Russian ground forces, but this is where Russia's army has stalled the most. The most intensive fighting has been in the suburbs of this place. And again, Russia appears to be struggling here, and I think that's, this is kind of what I was talking about in the point before this. You know, they know the land better. They must have known that, or they they think they might have the, the advantage here. Um, number six, the fall of Odessa is coming quickly. Large amphibious assault has occurred along their coastline. Most of Ukraine's navy was in port at the time of the attack, and all of Ukraine's ships are either on fire or have been sunk. Uh, yeah, this is, this is crazy. I mean, uh, Ukraine's entire navy being essentially destroyed in one strike. Um... And then, you know, this opens up to amphibious assaults, which I know the Russians did. Um, so, yeah. And this is kind of... Uh, amphibious operations haven't been, it seems, um, highlighted since World War II, you know, in the 
the U.S.'s uh, in the Pacific Theater. I mean, and I know that I know the Marine Corps, the United States Marine Corps, is kind of going back to that. Um, I know in preparations of a possible conflict with China, you know, with possible the the island hopping that they did in World War II, kind of going back to those roots. So you know, you can't you, you can't forget about that type of operation. I guess is is what I'm saying, or that type of war fighting capability. Um, number seven. Large airborne operations are taking place around the capital city of Kiev. The fall of Gostemel has been particularly painful to Ukraine. Russia quickly capturing this northwestern suburb that is vital to its military. I'm not I'm not too voiced in this part. Um, number eight. Fear and surrender are already taking hold. Several Ukrainian parliamentarians are in the capital city releasing footage saying, quote, they were forced by Americans to invite NATO in, unquote. One parliamentarian made a video asking his, quote, Christian constituents not to kill their Christian, i.e. Russian brothers, unquote. So, I mean, what did I write about this? That's All right, so I'm wondering whether that is more Russian puppets or Russian actors doing that that may have been infiltrated into the Ukrainian government, or if that's genuine fear i mean that the latter quote seems to be you know i mean ukrainian is a mainly catholic or catholic um based country whereas russian is mainly russian orthodox eastern orthodox um i mean that would make sense i no more brother wars i mean these two countries border each other these people know each other uh i mean i guess you could make an argument against it but why would we want to kill our Christian brothers? That makes sense. But, um, you know, they were forced by Americans to invite NATO in. That seems like a big talking point um, coming from not only the Ukrainians, the, these specific Ukrainians, but a lot of the other European Union countries that we'll get into in a little bit. Again, I, I don't know if that this is these quotes are motivated by genuine fear of what's going to happen to these politicians, or if it's, you know, these are Russian actors or pe- people influenced by the Russian government to infiltrate these these uh, government positions. Number nine, the Euro- European Union is in complete disarray. They have been fighting for four hours over what new sanctions to impose on Russia. Italy doesn't want to sanction Russia or Russia's banks. Belgium doesn't want to sanction Russia's mineral exports like diamonds. Greece doesn't want any real sanctions at all, understandably. You know, Greece Greece needs any economic stimulation that they can get. And Denmark says they refuse to budge on sanctioning Russian petrol. Well, obviously, because all of Europe needs Russia's oil. Um, some European countries are blaming Biden, Biden for this war, understandable, with Croatia and Romania blaming the White House open invitation of Ukraine into NATO back in December as the reason why Russia is bombing Kiev. So this last point, I can understand. I'm not claiming this is right, but I can understand Putin's rhetoric concerning this point, 
obviously he thinks, and you can make the argument that NATO is a defensive uh, treaty and alliance, which in regards it is, but some could make the point that it's not. Um, anyways, um, you know, that says a lot for Romania because Romania shares a lot of border with Ukraine. They share the eastern border. You know, it seems like everybody's turning on Ukraine, and Russia really got on their hands on Belarus, which seemed like to be the silent killer. I mean, I wasn't stud. I was on a friggin' ship for two months. I had no idea any of this shit was going on for the most part. And, you know, maybe people knew about Belarus. I did not. And they seemed to really help the Russians out. And now people are saying, well, it's a puppet state. Well, I didn't know that, so... Guess again, I didn't come prepared. But uh, moving on, number two, Russian closed their stock market and is having a bank holiday today. Um, I think what the if the U.S. really wants to impose any sanctions on the U.S., they need to get the Swiss and the Swiss banks on the same page, because um, that seems like it's going to be Russia's only move um, in terms of banking. Other than I did see a report within the last couple hours that Russia actually just legalized cryptocurrency in the country so that it allows Russian businesses to circumvent all these sanctions, which, you know, we'll see how that pans out in the long run. Um, Number 11, oil prices go past 105 a barrel as Asian markets tumble. One example is Japan's stock market has fallen 500 points. Everyone was going to see losses in in their markets. It always happens after a war. But 105 bucks a barrel for uh, for gas, for oil. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty good thing for anybody trying to get in the oil industry. I'll say that. I will say that. But second it goes down, you're all getting friggin' fired. Moving on. And this is our last point. Number 12. China publicly has announced that they will not sanction nor condemn Russia. Expected. Chinese Navy and Marine Corps have been put on high alert. And I have seen reports that the Russian Navy and their military aircraft have been making passovers and encroaching in the waters of Taiwan's um, space. You know, it just seems natural that China would take this advantage to try and make a move on Taiwan. I, I definitely see it's like the perfect opportunity for them. Because, you know, they see that the U.S. isn't going to do anything about Ukraine with Russia. You know, if they're not going to do anything about Ukraine, I mean, Russia mainly, which we could, you know, with the, I even at the U.S. military's lowest low right now in terms of recruitment, our warfighting capability is still much higher than Russia we'd be able to sandbagged them in terms of strikes I think I mean obviously it's war war is war it's always going to happen but you know we do have the superiority there you know but China you know China is going to be a real tough one they have a huge military and their navy outnumbers us when you combine both their naval and merchant fleets in comparison to ours you know they outnumber us And that is why, and I think I've talked about this before, we should open up privateering on Chinese ships. 
And I'd like to get into that on another podcast because I could spend three hours talking about it. I very support it. I'm privateering would be great for the economy. It would be great for the individual. And, uh, you know, as a TikToker once put it, cowboys are, or sorry, pirates are like the cowboys of the sea. I'd trade in my whiskey for rum any day. So there's that. More onto that topic another time. Um, so we've covered all of that stuff. Um, kind of go back to the Chechens. Putin got the Chechens to fight for them. I saw reports of Chechen special uh, Chechen special battalion amassing in the forests right out of Kiev. Um, they were all sporting their jihad beards. I don't know how Putin got them, nor do I understand why he would want them to fight for them. You know, um, I'm pretty sure if I'm correct, Putin sees Islam and the Muslims, specifically the Chechens, as a strain on in a, in a threat to Russia. I might be completely wrong. But that's what I understand of that. And uh, I don't know. Someone explained to me that, or someone tried to tell me that, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. But still, I don't know how you'd be able to get the Chechens to be motivated to fight with the Russians after the Chechen war. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, I might be completely butchering this. And... If you think that, you might be very well right. But, uh, anyways. Um, so all of this seems to be planned out, of course. Obviously, it's the military operation of this scale. It's extremely planned out. And, you know, Putin is a mastermind behind this stuff. Um, Putin's actual declaration of war was filmed days before the actual invasion. And that, there's proof to that. There's the timestamps on the videos to prove that. And you can see, if you pay attention to the videos closely, Putin is wearing the same suit. As well as, you know, when he actually declared war or made it, made one statement, the time on his watch was actually different than the time that the video was, was released by many hours and um so in terms of the the actual declaration of war you know the the invasion actually happened on i think it's technically would would have been considered the 24th of february there i know when i was watching it on news it's technically still the 23rd here but the 24th there um The timestamps on the videos prove that it was the declaration of war was actually filmed. The video was produced on the 21st or the 22nd. So they had all this ready to go. They knew what they were going to do. Why were they waiting? I don't know. But it proves that they're obviously this is a predetermined thing. Um, what cha- What provoked him, I, I don't know whether he saw an opportunity militarily. I, I, I'm not too sure. But um, yeah, we got that. Um, 
so I saw, f- I saw a funny. I don't know if you'd call it a funny, but I think it was a funny. Someone posted a screenshot of uh, the infamous level from Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. No Russian. Remember, no Russian. Um, and it was, I think it said... Let me give me a second here. Uh, it said, "quote Russian separatists unquote entering an American airport circa 2022." Remember, no English. Um, could we be seeing a false flag event provoking that would, if you guys aren't familiar with this level, Modern Warfare Two, essentially, Vladimir Makarov, a uh, ultra natu- Russian ultranationalist villain in the game essentially goes in with a couple of his uh, Ruski buddies and they commit a mass massacre I don't know why I had to say mass before massacre I think massacre implies that there's a lot of people that are killed but essentially they kill a bunch of people in a Russian in the Moscow International Airport in the game and you were playing as, uh, I think it's Joseph, Joseph something, who is a soldier, American soldier, technically under acting in capacity as an undercover CIA officer or contract. I don't know how it works, but... um. And you basically join them in committing this massacre. And basically the massacre was in the efforts of Makarov stirring the pot. Basically, they to spoil the game, but the game's been out friggin' 12 years now. Essentially, Joseph, the CIA undercover guy, dies at the end. Makarov leaves his body there for the authority, the Russian authorities to find. They find him. They ID him as American. It provokes Russia into like it. It, it to them it shows it, they think that America committed this attack in Russia, and Russia invades the U.S. So, could we be seeing a false flag event? Done by the U.S., the CIA, the deep state, posing as Russians. In efforts to get us included in this war. I don't know. You make the call. I don't know. You make the call. Burger King foot lettuce. So we got that, um, and this was a, actually a funny. This was a real funny. So I saw a New York Post article that said the this Ukrainian girl was matching with a bunch of Russian soldiers on Tinder. So she was from Kiev. But then she changed her location to one of the border cities 
she was matching with all these Russian guys, and, you know, they were trying to flex one guy just in bed naked with a pistol, another guy in his full gear all kitted up. And I think essentially, I don't know if she matched with them, but she reported their location to the Ukrainian um, military intelligence and the Ukrainians, I think, I don't know, were able to get the drop on these guys, which is just funny. If you don't think that's funny, that's insane that they use Tinder to attack the Russians to fight back at them. I think that's hilarious. I also think a bunch of Russian horn dogs getting ready for war are just scanning Tinder. Like, they match with this Ukrainian girl and they're just like, duh. The command seat of my T-72 tank makes great surface for coitus. I think that's fucking hilarious. Um, just these horned up spetsnats just amassing on the border. They got nothing else to do except kill Ukrainians and then take their women. Do I think it's right? No. Do I think it's funny? Absolutely. Um, to get a little bit more serious, though, I got two points. I just needed to take a sip of water. Um, if you're upset about this whole Russian invasion of Ukraine, and again, I'm not defending Russia whatsoever. I think all war is bad. Or all wars, hell. I think some wars are justified. I don't think this one's justified. But if you're upset about, if you're an American citizen, and you're upset about this. Why are you upset about this? How does this concern you? Did you care six months from from before this? And do you realize that? Every time a tragedy like this happens, many people are being swayed by the media into actually caring about this and virtue signaling. Just something to think about. Honestly. I'm not saying I'm not saying you can't have your thoughts and prayers go out to Ukraine. I mean, I'm a, I'm in a way sympathizing with the Ukrainians. I don't think they should have been invaded. But and I shouldn't say in a way, like, I just, like, I, I, f- I feel for them. Like, I, I don't, like, again, I don't want any of these brother wars. Like, like, all wars bad. But, like, come on. Why do you care? Ask, your, ask yourself for real, why do you care? And did you care six months previous to this? Um, Just something to think about. Also, another thing to think about. If you're, like, this is a... These are two developed nations going to war with each other. Are you prepared for something like that to happen here? I think you should at least entertain the thought. Whether it's a foreign nation invading, which I think is extremely unlikely, or it's your own government. Don't you think you should have some preparedness into what you're going to do? You might not fight. You might want to protect your loved ones. What are you going to do to save yourself and save your family? 
I just think it's something th- worth thinking about. And, you know, I look around and I, I, I mean, I know I have to get better. I have skills I have to learn. But I at least entertain the thought. Now, I'm not trying to sound all, sound all high and mighty, but, you know, there's some people, and I don't think it's my listeners here. I think you guys are pretty pretty tight, pretty cool. But I just look around and I'm like, these people, there's so many people that are not going to survive this or survive even like a natural disaster, something that happens here. It's just like we, your bloodline has survived up, up into this way. What are you doing to honor that? I don't know. Moving on. Um, Again, going back to about, Maybe kind of going about like why you should be concerned about this or why you shouldn't. Um, obviously, the news coverage on this event is extremely high. I mean, it's a full out war going on. Obviously, it's going to be a big news story. But American news outlets, why are they covering this so much out of all the other things? What are they trying to divert your attention from? And... I mean, I have one thing we could talk about. Um, the continued crusade that the federal authorities and Canadian government are having. I mean, Canadian federal authorities and Canadian government are having against the truckers and protesters of the vaccine mandates in Ottawa. I'll just read you this headline or quote, I guess I would say, from the Ottawa police. Ottawa Police Chief, quote, If you are involved in this protest, we will actively look to identify you and follow up with financial sanctions and criminal charges. Absolutely. This investigation will go on for months to come. Think about this. Think about it like this. You were, and my understanding is that not a lot of violence up at this these protests up in Ottawa against the vaccine mandates have been violent on the end of the protesters. Maybe that is um, ignorant of me, but from what I've seen, it hasn't been. It's mainly been the police that have been moving on these. Think about it this way. Say, a year and a half ago, during the summer of 2020, you were at a Black Lives Matter protest. Not a protest of Black Lives Matter. I mean like a Black Lives Matter protest of police brutality. Say you're doing nothing wrong. You're just marching. You're marching around, protesting against police brutality. And you're doing nothing wrong. It had nothing to do with, you know, maybe the riots that ensued afterwards. Maybe some of the violence that outbroke. And the police comes at you and says, we are going to hunt you down. We are going to put financial sanctions on you. We're going to cut your credit cards. We're going to freeze your assets, freeze your bank accounts. We're going to come find you, take everything you want, you have. Think about it that way. Did that happen to the normal protester during the Black Lives Matter protests? No, it didn't. I think the only people that were prosecuted were people that actually did stuff wrong and out of the people who did stuff wrong at those the riot part not the protest part there was plenty of people who weren't arrested so think about it that way and maybe you guys are already 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 have this 
opinion. I don't know. I don't know if I'm trying to sway you. I'm just trying to say, you know, think about it. Think about it. And think about why the corporate media has you looking at the Ukraine-Russia conflict and not this. This is more close to us. You know, I sympathize with our Canadian brothers going through this struggle. I sympathize with the truckers who have brought their families with them and have had regulations and laws passed to not allow outside people to supply them with food, fuel, have police take their fuel from their trucks, which are their only heating source for them, for these people at night because they drove there in their trucks. They're taking their trucks, which are their lives, taken away from them. It's wild. I'd say that is something we should be way more focused on rather than the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Not to diminish how big that is. I'm just saying, like, it's closer to home. And there's a, there's a, that's one thing is, like, we should be focused on. Stuff that is closer to us. Like, I don't think we're very far off from something like that happening here in the United States. I mean, except for the fact that, you know, it seems like all the COVID stuff's going away. And maybe the war in Ukraine and Russia will uh, have the the higher-ups rethinking all their COVID policies for service members. You know, maybe they'll start having people back. But here's one thing. After they wronged them, after they wronged all the guys for not getting their vaccines, I don't think they're going to want to come back. So, who knows? We'll see what happens. Big snow day tomorrow. I heard we're getting 16 inches. Better be ready. I got a shovel in the front. I got a shovel in the back. I'm ready to shovel. I can't wait because I love shoveling. But you know, if you don't love shoveling, I got a snowblower for you. 300 bucks and it's yours. I'll even put your name on it. I'll paint your name on it. Um, mainly because we got a new snowblower. I just want to get the thing out of my yard. So if you want a snowblower, 300 bucks and it's yours and I'll paint your name. Maybe I'll paint some flames on it. I think that'd be kind of nice. Maybe the flames will melt the snow away who knows um so just get the shovels out you know what maybe here's some advice go to your neighbors that maybe don't want to shovel even they could be elderly they might not be elderly just show some kindness tomorrow it'll be my first shoveling day of the year i've been out at sea so i haven't really had the time because i haven't been here but uh i'll be trying to do that Throw in a nice podcast. Maybe throw in uh, the Forks in podcast while you're doing it. That'd be nice. Uh, I want to thank everybody for the well-received Full Ahead video. It is not actually a podcast like uh, my friend Kevin had thought. But I, if I could get a podcast with all the guys that were in that, I think it'd be electric. But uh, not to toot my own horn, I thought it was a pretty good video. And for some reason... I don't know what happened. I don't think it was my editing or it was maybe a, I don't know, the video in comparison to when I made it on iMovie and then when I posted it to Instagram, it looked way better on Instagram. It added this weird light filter onto it where it kind of made it look a little older and closer to the full house, like the actual full house intro. Um, it just made it look super nice. But, uh, 
yeah i again appreciate everyone for uh liking that and sharing it so props to you guys um to end this little thing we got going on this is a little podcast i call the forks in podcast um we got some big things coming ahead i'm back i'm so motivated to just do well with this podcast and i just want to have a good time i got i haven't asked everybody but i'm committing to them i'm committing them in my mind to doing the podcast i got a bunch of new people i want to have on a bunch of returning people i want to come on um i think it'll be a good time i think we're gonna have some good stories i think you're gonna have a lot of funnies i think you're gonna laugh so just keep coming back and i promise you you'll get some good content and some good entertainment out of it how about that how about that so uh anyways i think that's a wrap for tonight um I'm going to get a good four hours, maybe a good 45 minutes before we should start shoveling. And, uh, you know, as always, you know, if you like the podcast, share it with a couple friends, share it with three friends. Um, I just want this to grow. I want this to blow up as far as it can. Um, yeah, go ahead and follow us. Follow me because it's just me. I mean, it's not just me. I have plenty of my friends on it, and honestly, they carry the show. But go ahead and follow me on Instagram at forks.end.pod. I promise to start posting some memes. I got some spicy ones I'm going to be cooking up and post. I'm just probably, honestly, let's be real. I'm probably just going to repost my memes and call them my own. Not call them my own, but I, I just like sharing memes. Everybody knows that. I like a good meme. And, uh, yeah, go ahead. Follow us at forks.end.pod on Instagram. Um, share the podcast. You know, leave me a good, leave me a review if you liked it. If you hated it, leave me a bad review. I know, I don't know why someone would do this. I know I've said it before, but like, I mean, I got like all five star reviews that any, anybody that's like rated the podcast is all but five stars except for like one person who left a three star and i don't know who did it if you if you did it like i don't care just tell me but i'm also like gonna break your kneecaps next time i see you so um anyways if you hate i would rather you give me a one star i thought i would have thought that was funnier a three star are you kidding me get a life all right anyways I hope you enjoyed the podcast tonight. I know I did. Um, again, thank you to um, Anchor FM. Thank you to um, Jim Bean Orange. Thanks to Marty Robbins. And thank you to my hatred for Machine Gun Kelly. Um, I hope you have a wonderful life with Pete Davidson. And I hope you both... Um, get herpes um other than that i have nothing have a great night stay safe stay warm tomorrow and uh we'll see you next week on the forks in podcast the only place for friendly banter all right thanks peace